Hi, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. Uh, and we want to apologize for being late uh, to produce the uh, second um, of this two-part series on our top ten most influential people of all time. Yeah, I think we probably picked the worst possible time to kind of be delinquent since it was a cliffhanger in between the, the bottom half of the top ten and the top. So our apologies. Yes, but summer happened and Fourth of July happened and our anniversary and travels and that sort of thing. So I'm hoping that you all understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry about that again. Um, we're going to start you off with a review right away once we get into the actual recording. So, yeah, you all enjoy and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Now, Lisa, we're halfway done. Okay, so I want to put this out there as a review. Number 10, most influential man of all time, James Madison, American. Number 9, Confucius, Chinese. Mm -hmm. Number 8, Thomas Babbage, English. Mm -hmm. Number 7, Nicholas Copernicus, Mm -hmm. old Nicky C. 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 Polish. Number 6, Prince Henry the Navigator, Portuguese. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving into the top five. These are the heavy hitters, Lisa. Heavy, heavy hitters. Ready for it. We got number five, and this is a guy I know you've heard of. Everyone's heard of this guy. Um, It hurt me a little bit to have him so high Mm -hmm. because he is extremely Western-focused. If He's basically the Confucius of the West. Confucius of the West, who's not a religious figure. No. What do you think? Do you have any guesses? Can I get a rough time period? Uh, yeah, a really effing long time ago, <laughs> like pre-Jesus in Greece. In Greece. Yeah, he's a Greek man, pre-Jesus. And he's like Confucius. Um, oh, 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 uh, shit. The philosopher. Yes. Um, oh. Keep going. You're there. <laughs> it's Aristotle. Aristotle. <laughs> God damn it. But Aristotle is number five on here. Because he just, like, it's hard to be specific. He just, generally speaking... He knew how to live. He knew what was up. Yeah, he, he, he changed the way that humans and how we thought about ourselves in the world. And he, like, made us be like, holy shit, we have these incredible tools called brains. Mm-hmm. We should use them. Mm-hmm. We should think about how society works and how parenting works and how... Uh, you know, government works and economics and all of these things. So much fun. Yeah. Think about stuff. Right. <laughs> That's like, he's like the dude about like why it's fun to use your brain. You know what I mean? Like he's that dude. Yeah. Um, so just to cover some of the things that he, he studied and wrote about that we, we, we took very seriously for hundreds and hundreds of years was politics, society, economics, Science, um, you know, biology, if that's not included in science. Um, it, it basically, he was also this huge arguer of, of, like, this concept of reason. Like, he was like, look, there is a logical and reasonable explanation for everything in this world. Mm-hmm. Right? There is not a guy named Apollo pulling a sun across the sky. Right, there's something happening here of which there is a logical explanation of it. I feel like, like at that moment, like ten percent of the population just immediately got anxiety. 
Oh, because I like, like uh, they were like conscious, like you Aristotle know what I mean. Aristotle like, ruined their yeah, they were like their anchor uh, into, into nothingness. They were like, what's the meaning <laughs> of anything? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Yes. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, that's really kind of incredible. Yes. Now, he came up with all these scientific reasons and logical reasons why stuff happened in the world. Mm-hmm. Most of it was wrong, <laughs> to okay. be honest. If I'm being fully honest, it was wrong, <laughs> right? He had all this false math and false science about everything. But like the point that he was saying and that he was trying to prove is that we need to think about things logically. Yeah, and pursue the truth. Right, and his 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 technology wasn't there to. He was way ahead of his time, hmm. so that the technology wasn't there to to prove the things that he was saying correctly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically, what I just talked about, that guy Nick Pernicus. Mm-hmm. When you get to the scientific revolution, most of what Aristotle had said about the world and the universe and stuff was proven false and backed by like really intensely mathematical, uh, you know, equations and, and proof of how the universe really functions. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very similar to like a Sigmund Freud who basically invented psychology, even though almost everything he said about psychology was wrong and he was just coked out most of the time. <laughs> but he was like, let's think about why our brain, let's think about human behavior. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. Like, there's a reason this shit's happening. Let's figure it out. I love that. I love those epiphanies and like that. And I just like to live that way, right? Like, I yeah, you like do. to be, I like to, well, yeah, very analytical and curious. Um, but... It also reminds me of, I don't remember the name of the TV show, you will, but it's um, it follows the FBI where they kind of make this shift from... Oh, Mind Hunters. My, yeah, and how they like were at first not using psychology in in their like toolkit of... To find trying, serial killers. Yeah. And um, and then you watch as like this this you know new area of thought is brought in, I think from academia, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and it changes everything in their approaches and makes them much much more successful. It's yeah. really interesting. But like they never used to think that there were patterns that there was there were th- like certain elements of a personality that exhibited a you know certain right. behavior. But right. but yeah, so I, I love that kind of stuff. Those those epiphanies. It's mm-hmm. so it's amazing. It can have. It's like it's almost like it's contagious, right? Like once you hear it, people are like, oh, yeah, you know. That's oh really yeah, cool. you have to be you have to be told how to think. Nice. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, or and what you're capable of, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mindhunters, that, God, that was a good season of TV. It was. Is it, is it continuing? I don't know. I, I hope so. I don't know if they have a second season yet, but the first season was really good, and I just yeah. love the concept of that. They're like, why would you ever go talk to a serial killer? He's a monster, and he's a rod in a cell. And this yeah. one dude had to be like, no, these guys all have similar behaviors, yeah. and we need to find the root of it, and it's going to like save a bunch of people's lives. Yeah. It's brilliant. It is right? It's like in Aristotle, it's kind of like that first thinker. Yeah, yeah that first seat. Yeah. Um, if you want something more solid to sink a hook into mm-hmm. uh, about like his influence, 
Um, one of his direct pupils was Plato. Right, so Plato was one of his students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. there are people, there are plenty of people out there that said Plato is more brilliant than Aristotle, but it's hard to say he's more influential because he was the teacher, you know what I'm saying? Um, Plato then also taught Euclid, the mathematician I was telling you wow. about earlier. And more importantly, he mentored a guy named Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great would kind of misconstrue. From Russia? Wrong Alexander. You're thinking of Peter the Great. Oh, that's not so, Alexander so far the off. Great was a Macedonian. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. And Alexander the Great kind of misconstrued the principles that uh, Aristotle and Plato were sort of teaching about society and government and like twisted it to be like, yeah, I should conquer Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and pretty much conquered Europe and North Africa. Um, and they say that um, while like 8% of Asians are related to Genghis Khan, that something like 7% of Europeans can trace their lineage back to Alexander the Great because the amount of like raping and pillaging and, and conquering that he did. He was also super young. He did it when he was like 19 or some shit. Jeez, Don't quote me on that age. But he was, he was a baby. Ugh. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, like, to awful. be fair, though, like Plato like what wrote this book called The Republic, uh -huh. where he laid out this hypothetical situation of like what would be the most perfect republic. Yes, 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 yes. I think we and, covered this in school and college at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's very college, like psychology sort of 101 sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like uh, a big part of the, <laughs> the republic is basically – establishing a dictatorship where the smartest people rule and the best people are allowed to procreate and the weak <laughs> die off. So Alexander the Great was kind of just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I should like kind of do this shit. Uh, uh, yeah, right. And like as, you know, my favorite history podcaster, Dan Harmon, always says is, you know, anyone who was considered a great man was probably a terrible man. And, and yeah. Alexander the Great probably falls into that category. Yeah. Killed Oof. a lot of people. Yikes. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of... And this is all still in the name of Aristotle, right? Just mm -hmm. like the influence he had. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, And it's also led to one of my favorite quotes. Mm -hmm. And Alexander wept because there are no more lands to conquer. After he took over all of the existing major empires, he had nothing to do with his life. It's kind of like I feel like that sad concept behind like why Napoleon died of depression and why Joe Paterno died after coaching, after he got fired from coaching Penn State. Well, sure. I just think there's a realness to it. Like if you base your life around something and then someone takes that away from you, then it like has a pretty deep psychological effect on you. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. All right, let's move on. Okay. Number four is interesting. I'm curious about whether you remember this name or not. So I'm just going to throw this name at you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm going to see if you can remember because this is like a very much a high school biology name. Okay. Antony Van Leeuwenhoek. Antony uh, Van Leeuwenhoek. I don't you know. Terrible pronunciations all around here. Yeah. Any idea? Literally nothing. He's Dutch. Okay, okay. He's a scientist. However, they're all scientists. He wasn't really a scientist, though. Okay. This dude was like a businessman who invented the microscope. He has huh. no scientific training. <laughs> uh, he's entirely self-taught. Wow. 
But what he did is he came up and like, again, the, he didn't just have an epiphany moment and created a microscope. He took a concept and he made it really, really intensely efficient and effective. Was the magnifying glass already a thing back then? Yes. Okay. And so was stuff like telescopes and all sorts of shit like mm -hmm. that. Okay. But the microscope, so you can see microscopic things, yes. things that you can't see with the human eye, mm -hmm. is going to totally change science. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I mean, that's a lot of stuff you're missing. Yes. And I'm going to reel off a list to you of the things that he discovered that nobody knew existed. All right? Okay. Uh while he couldn't see all of the cell structures, uh -huh. he saw some of their larger cells. Some like the first exists like person seeing certain parts of the cell, cell walls, yep. the energy storage part of the cells. Mm -hmm. He discovered single-celled organism. Mm -hmm. He deep. This is my favorite, probably. He debunked a popular belief at the time known as spontaneous generation, where everyone back then. Oh, just thought that like they multiplied just by like exploding. No, way stupider than that. Okay. That like fleas just appeared. Because fleas lay microscopic eggs oh. and then they would pop from the eggs and then there'd be fleas everywhere. <laughs> yes. So if you couldn't see where they came from, they spontaneously generated. Yeah, well, you know. No, I know. It's a confusing I world out right, there. Right, I get it. We can totally uh, take that. Easy for, for us to make fun right. of them now. <laughs> He discovered the existence of sperm, <laughs> right? Think about what that means for reproductive health and reproduction in general. All sorts of things by knowing what sperm does, hmm. what sperm is. I also want you to consider this. Mm -hmm. Everything that he is <laughs> discovering right now. Wait, sorry. Yeah. I just have this image of him in the microscope looking at the sperm being like, oh, they swim us. <laughs> sure, know? sure. Like, Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I'm about to say something pretty similar. Okay. Yes, go ahead. But the thing I want you to consider is like all the stuff he discovered, mm -hmm. he did it while like sitting around in his lab and literally cutting off little pieces of things to put under his microscope. He did this with like thousands and thousands and thousands of things. And I really want to know <laughs> how soon... He decided it'd be fun to splooge onto the piece oh of glass. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. Sorry. And then look at it under his microscope. Because, <laughs> like, knowing, like, the dudes that I know today, like, that would be, like, the fourth thing he would look at. Oh my god. Oh, this would be a fun one, right? Oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so I really didn't think about where it came from. For, yeah, that's first fabulous. human to, to, to see sperm. Um,. Super important thing, um, he discovered the existence of the difference between red and white blood cells. What? So think about what that means for circular health and like uh, your body's immunities and all sorts of things like that. Um, he discovered huh. microscopic sea creatures such as oh. stuff like protozoa. Protozoa. Right? Now, here is the number one thing that okay. he discovered that is really going to change the game. He is the first to see and write about bacteria. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is quite important. Mm -hmm. Now, he didn't, he wasn't able to provide too much information on it. Like, don't eat this. It'll get you sick. Like, don't do this. It'll do that. Here's good bacteria. It's good for your, like, digestive tract. But, like, if it wasn't for him seeing and understanding bacteria, then people like Louis Pasteur, who was another guy, French guy, French scientist, who maybe should be in the top ten list, who discovered yeah, pasteurization? Yeah, pasteurization, which yeah. does what, Lisa? Yeah, just all I know is that it makes milk drinkable. So obviously, something to do with the bacteria, and it gives. Do you know how he makes the milk drinkable? 
You know what pasteurized milk mean? Yeah, it's something to do with... I mean, I know it goes... No, I just know it goes through some kind of process. Yeah, and what it is is boiling it. Because oh, shit, that's what I was going to say. I, Damn yeah. it. So you boil milk. Like yeah. most milk you buy from the store now, or, I mean, I think all of it actually. I think it's actually illegal to sell in pasteurized milk. It's been boiled. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So milk has been boiled because of Louis Pasteur, who would have had no idea what to do if it wasn't for understanding what bacteria was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, lots of chain inventions going on. Yes. So because of all these discoveries that influenced literally what I I was getting at by putting lay one hook number four, because that's high up there, dude. Like you you can trace back so much medical advances to lay one hook. Well, because yeah. of, I mean, think about this. White and red blood cells. Yeah, yeah. Structure yeah. of cells and bacteria. Yeah. I mean, that speaks for itself, right? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number three. Mm-hmm. I'm getting super controversial, Lise. Okay. I'm also getting super Steve bias. <laughs> you ready for this? Ready. <sighs> cool. English scientist from the late 1800s. Charles Darwin's number three. Okay. Most influential human beings of all time. And I know there's some people listening in like Alabama and stuff that are going to be like, fuck that shit, man. But Jeez, let me listen. Oh, I'm well, really I know, on Alabama. Well, I know that FAPA, I know that FAPA listens, so I'm just messing with What's him at this point. <laughs> he, he's going to populate. I shouldn't say he discovered it because there's actually people hinting towards evolution for like 100 years before Charles Darwin. But that doesn't matter. We're talking about influence. Okay. It's Charles Darwin who, who spread the idea mm-hmm. around, right? So he published a book called On the Origins of Species, mm-hmm. which I believe was published in 1865, which mm-hmm. is the same year the American Civil War ended. Mm-hmm. People argue it's one of the most influential years of all time. Hmm. Now, Lisa, explain to the listeners how evolution is, like, or the concept of evolution. What's the concept of evolution? This is the, the phrase I was looking for, survival of the fittest, mm. not social. Yeah. Yeah, so the concept being that um, people with better genes, with, with, you know, equipped with certain things, perhaps, god damn it, my, my example coming to mind is the one that Kevin always talks about, which is that girls... No, I can't even tell this one. I, I think really you can't. have to. No, it's so I think you have to do it's it. So gross. Just keep it PG. He has this, okay. Keep the explanation PG. So some may think that women tend to take less messy bowel movements than men. <laughs> God damn it. What are they doing? <laughs> um, and, uh, and Kevin's theory is that women died if they had messy bowel movements because of their anatomy um, being, you know, more prone to infection. Not going to go into any more detail there. Um, and that men, however, because of their anatomy, it wasn't as big of a deal if they didn't have very clean bowel movements. Um, and therefore, it has been, you know, through natural selection, through survival of the fittest, uh, whatnot, um, women have come to have clean poops. Yep. To survive. I think so. it's brilliant. There's, I mean, there's no, there's no proof to it. But I mean, you know, there's. Yeah, but yeah, it is clear. It's, it's logical. Something. At least in my experience, at least you know, it also just could be a societal where dudes, it's for whatever reason, all right, for dudes to talk about shitting a lot more than it is for women. Yes, yeah. I yeah. There's a lot going on to unpack yeah. there, but. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, no, no. Evolution is actually, it's so interesting to think about, like, the certain traits that led to the, like, existence of what we have now. And, you know, also how we're driven to kind of, like, find our best mate. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just everything is just geared towards making the race as strong as possible. It's really interesting. Right. The human race. Why, like, men are attracted to women with childbearing hips. Yeah, exactly. Um... But like let's 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 unpack this because okay. like it's easy to be like oh it's evolution that's just like you know that's one thing in a giant realm of science but let's think about like how insanely important this is. There's obviously yes. biological implications. Yes. There's survival implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes as minor as stuff like um, understanding island gigantism, <laughs> um, and then sort of like the 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 different, you know, different side of that, which is, which is invasive species and why you shouldn't be like, you know, dropping random Japanese fish into the Pacific ocean. Nope. Sorry. Pacific ocean's fine. I meant to say <laughs> Potomac river. That was a bit, bit of a different, <laughs> um, so it can get really specific. Um, it can be extremely broad and it's not just science that all of this stuff was applied to. Um, whether it was for better or for worse, um, Darwinism was applied by many Westerners, Europeans, and Americans to justify imperialism. Yes, they argued that the white race was the superior race. It's not even that. It was it, like you couldn't even say, oh, the white race is superior. It was even worse than that to a certain extent. It was like, if I can take over Africa, then I should. Because in this natural world of the strong survive, Mm -hmm. it's on you. Why would we protect the weak? We're the strong ones. So if we can take over this continent, we're going to do it. Don't blame us. It's just science. Yeah, but they also, as part of all of that, there was a lot of science that they came up with to actually state that, right? That, That the white race was superior and they had all this very faulty science um, that has since obviously been disproven. But they, I mean, they did all of these things, and then they had, like, a whole series of propaganda to back it as well. It was terrible. Well, yeah, and it's not, like Darwinism was kind of used as part of that propaganda. It's like it's something right, we exactly. can cite. Yeah, yeah. Right? They, it's like, like slavery is fine because we were able to take them over and turn them into slaves, and Charles Darwin would support yeah. this. Yeah, they used science as a weapon. Like, in the name yeah. of, like, truth and fact, they, like, manipulated it all and made it seem... Like, you know, provable. Right. Awful. Yes. And this is like, Darwin was just like a strictly scientist, like a biological scientist. So it is kind of a shame to like see it it go down that path. But it is nonetheless, this is all stuff taken from the origins of species. Yeah. And also you could argue, you know, it probably influences our psychology a lot. I was going to get to this. Oh, really? Go ahead, Lise. Tell me what's up. Well, just that there, you can point to a lot of issues that humans have now and, you know, argue that it's rooted in some of our evolutionary instincts, things that haven't left us because there were these things that were very important in our species maybe hundreds of years ago that um, don't really necessarily have a use now. And basically what I'm trying to say is I think a lot of these things lead to mental illness. So, you know, a healthy dose of fear back when they were actually real threats, very um, helpful in current day and age when there isn't a lot of threats, but there's still that, that drive for fear and it's not managed that can, you know, lead to, you know, like lots of people have anxiety now. And, um, Give and me yet, a boar example, Elise. Let's talk about the wild boar chasing you. So when we were hunter gatherers, the wild yeah. boars chasing you. 
run from the boar, you escape the boar, threat over. Yes. Anxiety and stress is gone. Yeah. In this modern world, mm -hmm. we still have that mechanism where we're supposed to feel fear, but if you're going in the same office every single day doing the same work, there's no clear end to, to survival and what you need to do to survive. Right, and the, the human body was not meant to be on, in a constant state of fear. And just to move on, because I think we've yeah, done we're rambling a lot, Charles yeah. Darwin, we've, we've talked a lot about the, the importance of evolution and, and understanding humanity. Mm -hmm. But another thing that he heavily influenced was economics in sort of the robber baron age of the early um, 20th century, where like... Capitalism was justified through evolution as well, which is if you are super rich, it's because you're the strong and you're surviving. And if you're poor, no one should do anything to help you because you're not good enough to survive in society. This is just nature at work. So to review Charles Darwin, we're talking about like, you know, science and biology. We're talking about imperialism. We're talking about psychology and we're even talking about economics. Mm -hmm. Huge range that impacts every person of every corner of the world. Yeah. Right. Oh, but I'm, I'm with you. We're in the right. top two. Woo. All right. Now, that was long-winded about Charles Darwin. It was. I think I can cover number two in about one sentence mm. because it is just so self-explanatory. Okay. And I can also guarantee you've never heard of this person before in your life. Okay. Chinese fella by the name of Tsai Lun. No, I don't Ever know. heard of him? Number two most influential man in the world. Never heard of him? No. God, what's wrong with you? Read a book. No one has heard of him that's listening. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you. He invented something a very long time ago. Do you have any guesses? This is tough. A boat? A boat? No. Mm, a week? No. I'm a kite. I'm going to say Fireworks. It. A kite. You know what? Kite is weirdly closer than you would think. A sale. He invented paper in the mm -hmm. paper making process. So yeah. sit on that for a while. Think about that. Why is he paper? That's it? He just invented paper? Think about paper and the impact it had on the spreading of information. Well, right. You demonstrated that with Gutenberg. Right. Yeah. So it's like he is even far more important than Gutenberg. Mm -hmm. Because he invented this concept that spread all over the world, and we were writing books and spreading information before the printing press. So basically, by inventing paper, you're inventing the internet before the internet was cool. Because it's yeah. all, like, so much of society and humanity is built around this concept of spreading information, spreading ideas. There's just so much to keep track of, you know? Yes. You know? Think about all the YouTube videos that exist for every single element of what could possibly go wrong in your home. All these freaking YouTube millionaires, you better be thanking your lucky star for <laughs> to Cy Loon. And just also... Well, kind of. yeah. <laughs> um, also, which is even more impressive, though, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, is not only that he invented paper, he invented the paper-making process... And while the tools of how we do it have changed drastically, the process is relatively the same. It's basically you get a bunch of wet tree pulp and then you sort of flatten and dry it out. And that's what he was doing and that's what they still freaking do today, dude. That sounds like kind of a fun craft. Yeah. 
But I mean, you could also take this back to religion. Like all those dudes, St. Paul yeah. wouldn't have been able to spread Christianity if it wasn't for freaking paper. Yeah. I mean, every town he went to and every preacher that heard him would say a different version of Jesus every town he went because nothing's there to like have it written. Yeah, a lot of telephone. It's never good. Yeah, right. Never good. All right. You ready to do number one most influential man of all time? I'm ready. I think because you know me, you should be able to tell the guest who the number one, or the guest, the listeners, who the number one most influential human being of all time is. I'm obsessed with this dude. I talk about him pretty much all the time. And you've already mentioned him once. Well, my only guess is Isaac Newton. Of course, it's freaking Isaac Newton. <laughs> Isaac freaking Newton is the most influential human of all time, and I won't even have an argument against it according to these rules. Okay, Isaac Newton is so freaking influential. He was such a genius that was so ahead of his time that a lot of the shit he discovered and came up with, like, I, I can't even tell the listeners about it because I don't understand it because it's so complex. And this dude lived uh, in 1643 was when he was born. That is pretty early. That's how freaking smart this dude is. This is why, why uh, Albert Einstein isn't on this list because Albert Einstein is like, Kind of like a lot of what he did was building off of Isaac Newton. Yeah. So it wouldn't be fair for me to have Isaac Newton number one and then, you know, Einstein like number seven. You know, it's just so like you too don't much really totally buy his line that he just was the last mile for a bunch of other inventions. So what his own thing about everything I know I learned from standing on the soldiers of giants. Yeah. That famous quote by him. Yeah. To me, that is him just being extremely aware. In modest. Hmm. Because, of course, he read all these old scientists. And, of course, he knows all these things. But, like, I'm about to read off a list of things that Newton came up with or at least made popular or advanced. Okay. And it's pretty unbelievable. Okay. And where was uh, most of this going down? He was an Englishman. Okay. Okay. In London? Uh, yeah. So this was mostly at Cambridge, I believe, actually. Okay. He studied at Cambridge a lot. He was alive from 1643 ah, to 1726. That a lot of their uh, history there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So our boy Aristotle, number five on the list. Yeah. All right. He is basically going to disprove almost any lasting Aristotle belief to this time period. <laughs> um, the big thing he came up with is the that he discovered is, of course, the theory of... So, no, it's not relativity. No, that's Einstein. Yeah. Theory of physics. No, it's even more basic than that. I'll give you a hint. Gravity. Gravity. Yes. Right. So he comes up with a theory of gravity. Mm -hmm. All right. You know the, the legend of, of how he came up with the theory of gravity? He, something, he dropped something. Nope. Had an experiment with a feather and something else. He was doing some math equations sitting under an apple tree. Apple tree falls off the tree, hits him in the head. He says, holy crap, that's it. Right. That's a legend. You said the apple tree fell off the apple tree. I did. Yeah, the apple cute. fell off the apple tree. <laughs> you have so uh, many problems. Yeah. Yeah, right. you can't speak. I don't know shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he gets in the head with an apple. That's what the legend is. Um, apparently there is some truth to it. It was more like he just saw an apple fall. It didn't hit him in the head. Mm. He came up with three laws of motion, which basically explains how planetary motion works. It's also how he worked in gravity, that there's this force that's pulling everything into the Earth, and there's also a force keeping everything rotating around the sun. He finalized all of that shit. He invented something called calculus, 
right? Yeah. He yeah. just invented Pretty it. Important. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Ellen again. There you go, Ellen. What's up? I think she Ellen might have the record for our most shoutouts. She does, but yeah. she's perfect, so <laughs> makes sense. Um, he more or less is the father of modern physics. Mm-hmm. So physics existed at the time, but again, it was like mm, sketchy. But after Newton, then like yeah, real and physics. there was Newton's law. Yeah, oh. remember that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, not really. Newton laws is referring to the three laws of motion. Yeah. Um, he was really the first person to talk about optics uh, and like we understand a lot about our vision because of Isaac Newton and how light works and this guy's brain must have just Lisa been... I'm not even close to being done wow like that? we're just we're scratching the surf right now what was that? yes he was the first person to break white light into a, a rainbow using a prism Okay. Oh, also wow. falling into optics. All also right. influencing um, the Who. The Who? No, I think you're thinking of Pink Floyd. I'm thinking of Pink Floyd. Whatever yeah, with the yeah, ladies' yeah. butts out. No, you're thinking of <laughs> you're confusing your Pink Floyd. You were right along, like originally with the, like, oh, this is a classic rock album mm-hmm. that has the prism and the white light, but it's a Pink Floyd album, and then you named the wrong album. You got confused. No, I was thinking about the album that has all the albums on it, and one of them has the prism one on her back, uh, and that's what I was thinking of. Nice. So well played, Liz. Well played. Or well, maybe I just don't lose. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. But I mean, they're one of the same, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, he invented something called the reflecting telescope, which is basically the modern telescope. So Galileo Galilei is the guy who's famous for making all these observations with a telescope. He was using a shitty version because Isaac Newton hasn't invented the reflecting telescope now. Now, because of Isaac Newton, we know all sorts of shit about the universe and all sorts of about the stars and all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Um, he, oddly enough, invented the modern design for coins. What? Coins, yeah. Like quarters and dimes and nickels. And so shit. he was like, they should be circular and small. Uh, well, he basically invented a way to consistently make them the same si- the exact same size and much sturdier and longer lasting. So before, if you got a gold coin, it could be any random weird shit with a print in it. Um, he even apparently, and you know how you're looking at the ridges of a quarter? Yes. That was Isaac Newton. What? Yeah. He's with us to this day. Yeah, you're goddamn right he is. Wow. Um, I'm going to keep going. Although, I don't know, it seems kind of like cool to have like weird melty golden coins. Yeah, say that to a blind person. All oh, right. Yeah. I didn't That's mean the it. whole point in different sized coins. That are like different features on them, so blind people can tell what coins they are. I think I just do the imprint on it. Right, that's true. But I mean, there's also the argument that like the United States money all feels the same. Like we're one of the few countries whose bills are the same size, and we do that for blind people in other countries. We make different sized bills so blind people know what they're holding. Mm. Well, that's not very yeah. nice of us. No, it's not. Uh, he also formulated a bunch of laws of cooling. So if you like air conditioning, uh, you can thank Isaac Newton. What the heck? Yeah, refrigerators. Thank Isaac Newton. I mean, it's literally, you know, it reminds me of like if Larry David was a freaking genius back then. (laughs) Because he's like, what is this? What are you doing? This could be done so much better. And then he's so smart that he just figures it out himself. And he's like, 
Okay, here you go. Here's yeah. a way to print a coin. Here's how to cool the house. That's freaking crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, so a generic thing to end it, he basically explains like a hell of a lot about what we know about the shape of the Earth and how the universe exists and how the Earth exists within the universe. So did you know that the This Earth, guy could be Jesus, man. Well, there's a bit of a... Damn it, I don't want to get into this, but there is a bit of an atheist following of Isaac Newton as being like, this dude should be celebrated in this country the way Jesus is for what we understand about ourselves and the universe and our, oh, wow. and our things. But, like, I mean, you don't have to be an atheist to, to, to listen to this list and be like, holy shit, this dude is for real. You know, this guy is a fucking brilliant guy. This is, yeah, I mean, that's beyond beyond. Right. And I would also like to um, uh, throw out here um, that there is a number of things that I did not mention uh, because I don't understand them. Mm. And I'm just going to list them. So if you're a, a super big smarty pants science guy, then you can also appreciate this. So I'm going to throw this out there for you. He created something called binomial theory, which is apparently extremely important. He came up with something called Newton's identities. There's Newton's method. And there he did a lot of studies on something called cubic plane curves. Mm. Okay. Don't know what any of those things are. If you do, please call me and uh, explain them to me. Because as you can tell, I get pretty sized by Newton. So I would love to understand more about Newton. That's my list, Lisa. That's my top ten list. That's very well done, Stephen. Oh, well, thank you, Lisa. I'm I glad you approved. Now, because this I'm is... I'm not going to lie, though. I didn't expect to know so few of them. Yeah, that is the thing is that like you like I that's what I really liked about preparing for this one is like yeah, I had to dig deep a couple times. Mm. Like I'm not gonna lie to you, I knew Newton was gonna be number one all along because I've been oh, reading about Newton for a this long time. It's been your whole plan the whole time. It was basically Just an to excuse. Boost him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um because this is gonna be in two or three episodes, I still wanna do one thing, and I know you're getting kinda of tired. We've been podding for a while, Lisa, and I appreciate your patience. Okay. Okay, I do want to do a breakdown because there's some important things that I want to talk about. Okay. Just for fun, good breakdown. Of the top ten, we have four scientists, two inventors, two philosopher types, and two political types. So at the end of the day, it was scientists who who won out. Um, All great thinkers. Yeah. The leaders on where they are from is not surprising. So the two leaders were... The Brits and the Chinese. So we had three Chi- we had three Brits, two Chinese, one Dutch, one Greek, one Polish, one Portuguese, and one American. Huh. Um, and I don't think this should be a surprise because you think about the British Empire. Yeah, I think, and like yeah, how like how much they've already seen of the world, how long they've been around as a society, how much money they had. Yeah. Um, in all these things, they lead to, you know, to, to being very influential and giving people a lot of opportunity. Uh, the Chinese is, is, they had a lot of influence because they were so advanced so early. Like they were like, we don't know enough about the Chinese in their early years here in the Western world. And it's a shame, but like the, some of those dynasty, early dynasties were like way, way ahead of the Europeans. So if you look at the two dudes that we had on here, which is Confucius and um, the inventor of paper, Loon, mm. like those dudes are like, uh, I think they're the second and third oldest people on here besides Aristotle. In, ter- in terms of yeah. the era they lived in. Yes, in terms right. of the era. 
All right, so I don't think it's surprising that there was three Brits and two Chinese. I was a little disappointed in myself about that I could only come up with, uh, of this list, there's seven Europeans, one American, and only two people from the Eastern world. Yeah. And that means there's zero Africans, zero Latinos, and zero Middle Easterners. Mm. And there's a reason, there's plenty of reasons why. Again, comes down to bias, my educational bias for sure. Yes. It also comes down to just the general fact of like money and opportunity and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think there's probably also a lot that we lost from mm-hmm. from those uh, civilizations, or maybe that certainly exists, in the Middle East for sure. Haven't. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, like there was like a whole, yeah, I mean, very yeah. thriving. Yeah, not to mention that by far, in a way, the most influential man in the Middle East of all time was Muhammad, and I said he was not allowed on this list. Right. So he like conquered and unified pretty much all of the modern day Middle East and even as far as into Africa and Indonesia. But I Mm. ruled him for being too much religious figure. I ruled him out. Um, And then finally, there are zero women on here. The only person who was even mentioned who is a female today uh, was Queen Queen Isabella. Mm. Um, And I think it's pretty obvious why. You're sexist. I'm a sexist, and women have smaller brains. <laughs> also something they tried to put in the science books at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think what you're trying to say is maybe we could point back to evolution. I don't even think it would go that deep. I think it's it's even more sort of misogynistic than that. I think it's just quite as simple as women didn't have the opportunity to be influential. You know, if women tried to start talking the way Aristotle was talking, they would, like, hit her and be like, what are you talking about, woman? You know, go have a baby. I understand. A baby. Evolution. I mean, like, that's uh, what I'm okay, saying. Sure, like, the, sure, like sure. because of, like, how things were structured and the way, you know, women gave birth and whatnot. Like, it kind of, you know, I don't think it was evolution's intention to create some kind of, like, weird, you know, imbalance between the genders. I just, it was the most natural evolution to, for the, it was the best for the human race or, you know, through trial and error. Um, and so... So, yeah, so it led to some of these things. But now, because of Aristotle, everyone's rethinking everything and saying, you know, what, really, what are we doing and why and what's best? And, mm-hmm. you know, let's look past some. And, and that's a lot of that thinking is looking past your evolutionary instincts. Sure. It really is. It's interesting. Sure. We ain't just surviving, we thriving. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I would like someone to do, you know, maybe we'll do like a follow-up just to do our due diligence. We'll do like a... Top 10 most influential women of all time. Ooh, yeah, this could get interesting because yeah, yeah. I, um, in grad school, studied some uh, s- some female leaders. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting because sometimes you have to be quite cutthroat to get to that point. So it's, some of them were not the most benevolent. Yeah, but their... you can say the same thing about men, obviously. It's true. It's true. So yeah. maybe it is all sexist in the end. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right, Lisa. Well, this has been quite a marathon. It has been. So let's get the heck out of here. All righty. No pop culture talk today. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk You're about right. hot dudes today. It's <laughs> always tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. <laughs> sure. Uh, but thanks for tuning in, y'all, to uh, every episode this turns into. And um, my name is Steve, and I was a history teacher. My name is Lisa, and I married him. <laughs>